Thank you for joining us for this portion of the Women Inseparable Value series, Proclaim Jesus. Here's Jacqueline. Our next series, Women Inseparable, together we do four things. We open scripture. Second thing is we proclaim Jesus. We are getting ready to do a four-week series on um, Proclaim Jesus. 1 Corinthians 3. Romans 10 is going to be a big chapter for us in these next four weeks during this Proclaim Jesus. We're going to talk much about Romans 10. I encourage you, no matter where you are in this journey, no matter where you are in this Proclaim Jesus process, that you will constantly, constantly meditate on and go back to Romans 10. If you um, even want to super challenge yourself, put the words to memory in your heart in your head, on paper, on your mirror, whatever it is that makes it settle deep within you, become friends with Romans chapter 10. This is my prayer for this study. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we see um, Paul, the author of this book, proclaim the need of different people when it comes to leading somebody to Jesus Christ. There needs to be different, different people in the process. Sometimes you will come across a person that will come to your door, knock on your door and say, do you know Jesus? Cause I need you to tell me about Jesus. You ever had that happen? Somebody come up to you in a restaurant and say, do you know Jesus as your savior? And you say, yes, I do. And they say, good, thank you. Can you show me how to be a saved, how to be a Christian? Does that happen often that people come to our door, come to our window, come to our seat and say, please explain the love of Jesus to me? It doesn't happen often. However, we are surrounded by people that have a longing born inside their soul for the love of God. Every human alive has a longing inside their soul, whether they know if they can label it as I long for God or not. We're born in the likeness of God. And because of Adam and Eve, because of the sin that happened in the Garden of Eden, that longing was replaced with the seed of evil. And there we are. Born in humanity, born in the likeness of God with the seed of evil. And that conundrum is alive within every single soul around us. We have humans, we have men, we have women, we have teenagers, we have children, we have people older than us, people younger than us, surrounding us at all times, at every restaurant, at every um, store, at every workplace, at every neighborhood, everywhere you go outside your front door. And for some of us, everywhere we go within our own home, there are people around us that do not know Jesus as their savior. You and I, we know. How do we connect that dot? Naturally, comfortably, without changing our posture, without changing our tone, without being fake. Have you ever seen that? The topic of Jesus comes into the conversation, all of a sudden you're shaking, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need to be a different person. Hold on a moment. So the Bible says, and we put on this whole new like church scene, we ought not do that. We can't do that because typically most of the time, the people that we are leading to the Lord are people that know us. So then when Jesus comes into the conversation and we put on our churchness or we put on somebody else that we know that knows how to lead people to the Lord, your friend, your husband, your child, your, your person sees you and say, why do you change every time we talk about Jesus? 
Why do you become a different person? Why does your tone change? Why does your posture change? Why do you put on somebody else's airs? It's gross. It's weird. I don't want to talk about Jesus with you because it's not you. If they bring it up in conversation with you, they want to talk about Jesus with you as you are where you are. And this is the beautiful thing that I see in first Corinthians chapter three. May find um, my verse because there's a lot of topics of conversation in first Corinthians three. First um, Corinthians chapter three, verse five. Paul is asking a question about different men that are in the church. He says, what then is Apollos or what is his position? What is Paul is his question. How would you define me as a person? And then he gives the answer that quickly. Who is Apollos? Who is Paul? You'll see in the verse before asking who is Cephas or we would call him Peter. He says, who are these different men? And all he says is we are servants. We are servants through whom you have believed on Jesus Christ. That's all we are. We are not elevated. We're not the top dog. We're not um, the experienced one. We are not the one full of all wisdom and faith and trust. We are not perfection. We are not to be put on a pedestal. We are not the ones that walk in the door and say, ta-da, I am here. All we are, Paul says, is a servant. The servant of the one who came to you and told you that Jesus is the eternal son of God who came and dwelt among us, who lived a life of perfection, died on a sinner's cross for you, was buried and rose again for you. Paul says, that's who I am. I am the servant of the message of Jesus Christ. That's all Apollos is. He's the servant of the message of Jesus Christ. And he's saying ultimately to you and I, as the receivers of the message of Jesus Christ, you join the race. See yourself from this point on as nothing more than a servant of the message of Jesus Christ. Paul is still Paul. You'll know that as you read through the New Testament, Paul has not changed. Paul is Paul. He's Paul always. As a servant of the message of Jesus Christ. Peter, totally different than Paul. Peter and Paul are two totally different characters, different personalities, different teaching styles, different audiences. They have different calls, different purposes in life, but they do the same thing. They deliver the message of Jesus Christ as they are where they are. They don't change their person. They don't change their character. They don't change the design in which God had made them. They see themselves as they are as a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What would happen if you and I all stood shoulder to shoulder with Paul and Peter in our Usness, the character that we are, the person that we are, the strengths that we have, the weaknesses that we have, the confidence that we have, the insecurities that we have, the posture, the tone, the fill in the blank. Nothing changes about you except for the fact that you know that Jesus Christ is your risen Lord and Savior and somebody around you does not know. At that moment, at all moments, you see yourself as a servant of the message of Jesus Christ. Not something you have to prepare for necessarily, not something that you have to, hold on, 
let's schedule this conversation for later because I'm not prayed up yet. I'm not ready yet. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, sweet friend, you're ready. You're ready. And my prayer is by the end of this four-week series, you'll have full confidence in your readiness to share Jesus with somebody else. How cool is that opportunity? Paul says in 1 Corinthians verse 6, he says, Paul is speaking, he says, I planted, I planted, that's two little words. And then he says, Apollos watered, it's two little words. And then it says, but God, two powerful words. Do you see your place? Do you see Paul's place? We identify Paul as the greatest missionary of all times. There is countless people for 2,000 years that are entering heaven because of Paul. Hard to wrap your head around it. When he was alive on earth and he spoke these words to people, people got saved under Paul's preaching. You and I alive today, 2,000 years ago, read scripture, we read Paul's words and we get saved because of Paul's words. Imagine your words being that powerful for 2,000 years that God's like, I'm going to use your message to lead people to the Lord for 2,000 years. Kind of pause for that for a moment. But here Paul says, I planted. That's all I did. I didn't go around and have these conversations with people and say, are you going to get saved right now? Get saved right now. Right now, get saved. You ready to get saved right now? Do you want to ask Jesus in your heart right now? Right now? Right now? right now. And if somebody said no to Paul, Paul didn't take that as an offense. He didn't take that as a rejection because it was not ever, ever about Paul. What did Paul do? He planted. He planted Jesus here through his life. And he planted Jesus here with his presence. And he planted Jesus here with his words. And all he did was go around in his life as he went, where he went, among the weak, he planted Jesus simply by sitting with them in their weakness. Planted Jesus. He went to those that were under the law. We see this in 1 Corinthians 9. He went to those that were bound under the rules of the law and he lived among them just so he could plant Jesus. Just so that he could experience some of them getting saved. He didn't go there for the purpose of a huge revival. And I'm going to lead the whole religious sect of Jewish people to the Lord. He went so he could plant, plant Jesus. He went among those that were Gentiles that didn't know Jesus, that didn't want religion. And he went and lived among them. Didn't participate in their lifestyle, but they were comfortable around Paul which means Paul wasn't judgmental toward them. They were comfortable around Paul. What did Paul do in that opportunity? Planted Jesus. And I have a feeling he did more than just, so you want to talk about Jesus now? No? Okay. Do you want to talk about Jesus now? No? Okay. Sometimes we do that as Christians. We have a hard time having normal daily conversation. It's okay to talk to unsaved people about, I don't know, football. If you know anything about football, I hate football. But have daily conversation. Have a normal Tuesday conversation. Have a normal Friday night conversation. Why is that so important? You gotta build community. 
You have to build relationship. You have to build trust. They have to know that you love them. You care about them. And you're not there just to be like, hey, Bible time, Bible time, Bible time. That's obnoxious. It really is. Is that, can I say that? Paul was good at knowing who his audience was at that very moment. And every time he had that very moment, he planted Jesus. And if there was already a seed planted by somebody else, there was a watering process. And a little simple sentence and a little simple question, a little simple answer and a little simple moment of, can I pray for you? Yes. Yeah, thank you. And you pause and you pray and you don't know if this person is saved yet, but they're open to you praying for them. That's powerful. Water that seed. Be present in every conversation and every person at that time. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. The only thing that matters at that moment is the person to which you're talking to. And you think, well, I would never talk to all these people all this way. Neither did Jesus. Jesus talked to different people in different tones and different words and different levels of compassion at all times. You want to know how to handle different conversations? Study the life of Jesus. You want to know how to handle different conversations? See your place. In this place, in this conversation, am I planting a seed? In this place, in this conversation, am I watering that seed? In this place, in this conversation, am I, is the fruit ready? Am I going to lead this person to the Lord right now? Those are the three processes. And it's going to change and it's going to alter and it's going to be different no matter who we're talking to. You and I, we need to be ready. How? How are we to be ready? Romans 10. Romans 10. Spend some time in Romans 10. I always encourage, open up scripture, get on your knees, spend time in conversation with God over Romans 10. We'll get back on video two and we'll discuss Romans 10. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.